Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This meeting is being recorded. Hello, welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today's episode 156, and we're going to be interviewing Christy H. How are you doing today, Christy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Here, your dogs are joining us as well for the interview. I know they are. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. So, Let's dive in and get started. I want to hear about your childhood. Tell me about growing up. Growing up. Growing up was a typical childhood. Um, dance classes, um, all the things. Bo, come here. Uh, it was a good childhood. I couldn't look. I would never have looked back and thought something was wrong with my childhood, but um, there was a lot of arguing inside the family. Um, digging deeper, there was definitely problems within like my mom and dad were 19 when they got married nobody should get married at 19 in my opinion but um you know they had a bad childhood themselves so they were just navigating their own lives and doing the best they could what kind of Um, childhoods did they have you know um well my mom my mom's dad was uh molested them as children which is all been brought up in the past couple of years um and my dad came from a very abusive childhood. So they did a really good job from where they came from. But um, they still had their own trauma that I think they're still working at, at as adults. That's what I see, at least as I'm an adult now, seeing them. Um, they, they were great. You know, I never, I went to a Catholic school. You know, I had everything I ever wanted. But um there was a disconnect with my dad when we turned a certain age because he couldn't buy the Barbies and the Cabbage Patch dolls to make us happy anymore. So um, that was hard. But And now we're here. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back, I would love to say my childhood was wonderful, but the, the more aware I become in my own life, the more I realize that it was... Um, clouded by everything else like there was a there was definitely something going on underneath not like abusive wise but I know that my parents there were just there were things going on and do you remember what they used to argue about there was a lot of arguing about sex okay there was a lot of um arguing about money uh there was a lot of control in the marriage and um who was controlling who my dad was controlling very controlling um we just had an argument the other day because I spoke to him about something and I brought up stuff and he's like well your childhood was great well in your eyes he's he's also going through like a dementia right now so he's not like remembering everything and I've grown so much in the past year that I am just like bringing awareness, Christmas, holidays, every holiday, there's a fight, every birthday, every special occasion, fight, 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 fight. So um, that was hard. And so I hate holidays. I just, I despise them. 
You have bad and memories I, from all of them. Yeah, you know, and they, they shouldn't. And I, I always thought it was because I bartended for 18 years. So I always thought it was like I was working through the holidays as an adult. So I never really thought, I thought it was because I was working and I'm seeing everybody happy, but it was deeper than that. It was way deeper. It was more like, I was definitely like suppressing memories um, of holidays, but you know, I can't say that everybody had as perfect holidays, but um, they're definitely not Hallmark movies. <laughs> I mean, it was great. You know, Christmas tree was up and, you know, lots of presents, overwhelming amount of presents as when we were children, but you can't buy happiness. You can't buy love. And that's something that is something that you have to express. And um, I think him coming from an abusive family that they didn't express love. And then like, my mom overcompensates the same way with that kind of stuff because it was a different kind of love. Like she just found out that all this stuff happened to her. Like my grandma's going through, she's got, has dementia and she's like, has these moments where she just shares all this information. And we knew it happened because it happened to my cousin. Like she brought it out. This is like 20 some years ago. And uh, my grandpa ended up going to jail, but I don't think my mom ever thought it happened to her. And now with me becoming very aware of things, she's questioning her childhood and her things. And my grandma's like bringing stuff up and it's shedding a lot of light on my childhood and how things were and the fights that were going on because they both had horribly traumatic childhoods. Like my mom, like they moved every other year. Cause I think my grandpa was trying to escape whatever was going on in the neighborhoods. And it's, it's heartbreaking to, so she held on to us being children as long as possible because I was think she was afraid to let us go. And that doesn't help either. <laughs> like that doesn't help somebody growing up, but I mean, it's nice that I can be bring awareness to my mom now and she can like maybe get some resolve some of the issues that she has. I'm hoping at least. Yeah, that's, so that's my childhood. I have one sister. She's two years younger than me. She, um, she's horrible. She's a miserable person. She teaches, she's got a beautiful family and she's just one of the most miserable people I think I know. She doesn't speak to my dad because about six years ago, he got catfished and drained bank accounts and oh, they no. got a divorce. It was awful. And it wasn't like, I remember him telling me, people get divorced. Like I'm 10. I mean, I was like 30 some years old at the time. I'm like, yeah, but people don't drain bank accounts and like fall in love with somebody that doesn't exist. And like he, to this day, like, it's not like clicking that it wasn't like actually happening. So um, a lot of stuff got brought up during that. And my sister just decided that she didn't want anything to do with him. He kept, he's, um, he's bipolar. And I have, I suffer from a lot of that with him. My dad's bipolar. Um, I've been diagnosed bipolar. I don't technically think I'm bipolar. I definitely suffer from depression and anxiety, but he gets the manic highs and the manic lows. So on a manic high, he went over to my sister's house, got into it with my brother-in-law. You know, the kids are little and he shoved him. And my brother-in-law is like, that's it you're not seeing anybody right now. And it's been almost six years and it's, it's sad because 
I know that he just hasn't grown. He's still that 19 year old person. And it's really sad to me to look at that, but, and I, my sister has no clue what he's like now. Like he can hardly walk up and down the stairs. You know, he, he sits in shape. It's really sad. And it's like an emotional game with me because it's like, I want to be mad at him because when he gets manic, he gets horrible. And I move back in after the divorce to help my mom out. I just like stayed, but it hasn't been easy. I was off for lockdown when we got locked down from the restaurant. What was it like 10 weeks or something? And he just stopped taking his pills. (laughs) So that was, that was awful. So in some sort of all that mess is when I started to just decide that I didn't want to drink anymore. Like I wanted to just like stop during lockdown, which was like probably the worst time for everybody. And that's when I decided to like make a change in my life. I stopped taking my Adderall. I mean, I noticed I wasn't as anxious anymore. And then since I wasn't taking the Adderall, I didn't really want to drink anymore. And it kind of went hand in hand. So going back, going back Go to your childhood, growing up with parents like that, do you think it affected you? Um, like as far as oh, even, yeah. even, I was to say, even socially, like the way you acted around other people? Um, I mean, no, in the moment of my, looking back, yeah, there was a lot. But it didn't affect me as a person. Like I was a social person. I had tons of friends. Um, we had 98 kids in my graduating class. So it wasn't like I had like hard high school years like that I hear other people have had. Um, I don't think it affected me. Like they didn't drink. Like my parents like hardly ever drank. They didn't do drugs. They didn't do any of these things. And I just like, I was the experimental. Like, I feel like they were living their teens and their twenties through me and all my problems that I had and they didn't understand any of it because they didn't do any of it, you know? So they didn't have those experiences. Yeah, it was, um, no, I don't think that affected me as a person. Um, Maybe a little emotionally now maybe I suppressed it for so many years. I don't know. But I don't blame any of my drinking on them. This was all me trying to make myself happy. And I was just chasing something that didn't exist because I don't know. For me, drinking was just like a calm it just made everything better. It made my anxiety worse though. And I didn't know that while I was doing it. And it made my depression worse. It made everything worse. But in the moment, I didn't know. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't. I was just talking to a friend the other day and I told her, I said, I think this is the first time in 41 years. Uh, well, I guess like, like high school and stuff, but like that I actually love my life. Like I want to go to bed so I can like get up in the morning and do it all over again. Like before I'd stay up all night long because I didn't want to have to do it all over again. It was exhausting. My life shouldn't have been so, it was exhausting to live. I didn't want to live. I really, I didn't. I just didn't. 
I hated my job. I quit my one job to get away from my ex-boyfriend who's his, uh, his dad owned the, owned the restaurant. So, um, he started dating somebody and it was hard to watch. We were together for a long time. So I quit and went to a different restaurant and I thought everything's going to be better because I'm here. And we were allowed to drink at our other restaurant. So nine o'clock hit and we were allowed to start drinking, which is like the worst thing possible when you're in your twenties and you're like, sweet, every night's a party. So. What age did you first start bartending? Did you have to be 21 and over? Uh, I actually, um, I took that year off of college. Um, And so I was like 23 when I actually started serving. And it was like a little Irish pub, super small. And they just kind of tossed me behind the bar one day because somebody didn't show up. And like, that was it. I was, you know wasn't bad and you know it was great the owner he became like a grandfather to me which I didn't have um and then his son is the oldest of like my ex's brothers the split family and he became like a second dad it was like a family it was wonderful yeah. I loved it at the beginning and then it just turned to like it was like cheers you know and then it just turned into like oh, I would just watch these people come in every day and drink gulping down black velvet and, you know, Windsor shots. And I'm like, they're going to go home and they're going to like do their rest of their evening. They're going to be with their wives and their kids. And um, looking back, I'm like, oh, how do these people function? And it, and then I went to like, when I quit there, I went to like more of a restaurant, restaurant, like it was a 50 seater bar, marble tops. It was beautiful in there. And, you know, it was craft cocktails. So I felt like I was really like using my skills and I was, I, I had a purpose and it was a wonderful experience. But in reality, I was still just feeding people alcohol. Like, you know, I'm watching them. They're coming in every day. It's the same people, the same, the same things. And then I saw the toxicity that was surrounding the hospitality industry it's like a toxic mess of drama hangovers couldn't the second I pulled in I couldn't wait till the day was over with so I could just start drinking because I hated it so much at the time and then when lockdown hit I was like oh my gosh I miss my job so much I can't wait to go back what what age did you first start having an issue with alcohol um like how was college for you because you said you went to college I mean yeah I mean um college was fine um I I commuted to like the community college uh you know I didn't really think I had a problem with alcohol in my 20s I thought I was just you know doing my 20s but I did like you know every night was a party every single night um it got really bad when I started working over there because there I felt like people were just buying me shots and I was driving home. Like, I don't, I, I don't even know how I'm alive, to be honest with you. Um, I remember one night we were doing 151 shots and I got in my car, you know, 24 years old, went into the ditch, hit the mirror of the car, got up on our, like, they're all back roads. So we live in a small town. And I was driving down this like little tiny highway. Sparks are flying out of the back of my car. Cause I've, I'm on the rim of my car and I like get home and my dad found me in the morning in the car with the door open and the window, 
you know, the, the mirror busted and the, and I'm like, oh man, I don't even know how that happened. So I think it was then that everybody started going, maybe you should slow down on your drinking. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I don't have a problem. And then it just like went downhill from there. Like there was a lot of drinking at work. It was always, everything was drinking. Nine o'clock, Friday nights, drinking, 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 drinking until, you know, six o'clock in the morning when I had to come go back into work the next day and open. But, you know, you're in your 20s, so you can like get up and function. Now I'd be like dead on the floor. But I didn't think anything was wrong. I thought it was just my 20s. I was, I only went to like the commuter college for like two years. So I was just like, just doing what everybody else does in college, you know, I'm just, Then I became a sophisticated drinker when I went over to my other job. I got into fancy Naple red wines and expensive bourbon. So I wasn't an alcoholic. I was just a sophisticated drinker. I knew which, which to pair with which. And I didn't think anything of it, like at all. I really, I did a lot of like uh, stories on my Instagram and stuff. And I'm so glad that I did because I feel like it's this roadmap to how I got here like today because I kept telling myself in these stories that I'm talking like, I really want to quit drinking. Like every Monday I wake up and be like, I don't want to drink anymore. I'm not buying a bottle of wine after work. I'm not going to drink tonight. And then that would be like in the morning. And then by the time I was off work on Mondays, because that was like a day shift, I was trying to figure out if I needed one or two bottles of wine, but I was going Coleman drinking. So I still didn't really think I had a problem. Like. I'm just drinking wine. <laughs> they drink it at bridal showers and book clubs. So I don't have a problem. And I really had a problem. Like I did. I, Cause I would come home from work and drink by myself at like 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. I'm chugging like a bottle or two of wine. I'm all hyped up on my Adderall. Cause I wasn't taking it how I was prescribed. I was just taking it. So I could be like, on working that service well on a Friday night and everybody would be like oh my god you're so great how are you doing that I'm like I'm fucking high on I'm oh, sorry I don't know if you can cuss on here I'm high okay. on my Adderall no, like, no like I <clears throat> so I was smoking chain smoking and then I'd get home and I just I never thought I was drunk ever because I was so high on my Adderall like one night we went out after work and we went to a bar that our one friend worked at and he was like making us, um, it was a uh, Windsor and ginger beer was my drink at the time. And he was like pouring, like, it was all, you know, bourbon. And like, your friends always think they're helping you out. Oh, we're going to hook you up. Well, you, you're not, you're not helping me out at all. And then it's a shot of Jameson and then another one. And we went to another one and somebody was going to drive me home. And my friend didn't want me them to drive me home because she thought I was going to like hook up with, it was like my manager at the time. And she thought I was going to hook up with them. She's like, Oh, she's fine. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess I'm fine. It was like January 4th. And it was like sub zero outside. It was so cold. And I drove home and I went to go light a cigarette and I took my eyes off the road and I must've hit a patch of ice. And, uh, snowplow was coming the other direction and hit me head on and spun oh. me out and I like I literally in that moment tried to move my car my airbags are out I don't know how bad the car is I don't even know what's going on with the other guy in the car and 
I'm like, shit, I got to get out of here. That was my first thought, like, obviously, because I was, I, and I kept saying, I'm not drunk. I'm totally fine. Because like, when I was on my Adderall, I never really felt drunk. I just felt fine. But it like, 100% wasn't. So the guy came up and he's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Blah, blah. And he was totally fine. He, you know, he was, I felt so horrible. You know, his, his car's in a Jeep, in a, in a ditch. He was on his way home from his last thing. And um, like we call the cops and I'm freaking out. Like I, I didn't even know where I was, to be honest with you. And I passed by this allotment all the time. Like I called, I called my manager. Now the cat wants involved. And I called my manager and he, he's like, well, we're going to pick you up at, and he came out and he's sitting there and it's like sub temperatures. And I, I, and I, I had to do walk the line and all the things. And I think the officer was just like, she's, I was able to speak. I wasn't slurring my words. I was able to do that. I was able to fill out all my forms. I think it was just like the universe is like, bam, you need to stop. You, you need to stop what you're doing right now because this is your warning sign and they still didn't know how bad it was until I had to go pick up my I had to go sign because they had a total car it was a lease and a total car it was like only two years old and my mom's like oh my god you could have died like you could have died and you don't even you don't even know the magnitude of it and I was terrified um I was terrified that I did that I could have killed somebody else and so from then on, I just stopped with the drinking and driving. I just Uber everywhere. Like if I was going out to dinner, I could, I knew I, if I was going out to dinner with anybody, it wasn't going to be just going out to dinner. It was going to be, I was going to be drinking wine before I left. Manhattan's up. I wouldn't eat because I'm on Adderall, so I'm not hungry. And then it would be the bar and shots. And it's great now because I could just Uber and it's not a big deal. But it totally just ruins your next day. You know, you, I'm spending all, I always had cash on me because I'm bartending. So I'm spending all my bill money at the bar. Like I'm freaking like the richest person in the world and buying 50 bottles of bottles of wine at the restaurant that I can't like really afford. So I'm charging everything. And then, you know, the next day you're like, where's my car? How'd I get home? You're like, oh my God, how much money did I spend? And it was, um, it was awful, but I didn't, uh, I didn't drink and drive anymore after that. So that was, I guess that good. was a, a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you do for a living? <clears throat> now, um, so I went back to bartending after lockdown and it was horrific and it was terrible and hated it. Um, and then I was going to get my real estate license and I'm like, I'm going to do real estate. It's going to be so great. So I was, I quit my job bartending in March of 2021. And I studied for the test and I was really grateful that I was able to like put all the money that we were getting during lockdown away, you know, from unemployment and stuff. So I was, that was enough to like, you know, live on for a while. And I went to study for the real estate test and I failed the real estate test and I was so depressed and I was depressed because I didn't really want to do it. I just don't want to bartend anymore. So I just kind of like gave up for a while, started drinking a lot again. And then my friend called me 
that I used to bartend with. She's my best friend. And um, she's like, my uncles are starting a warehouse setup, like a warehouse startup. Um, it's a dog food tree company. And we really would love you to come work with us. And I'm like, mm, no. She's like, listen, it's just me and you and my husband and my uncles. And like, um, and it was good money. And it was no nights and no weekends, and no holidays. And um, I'm very blessed that I got that opportunity because it's turned into a really nice job. And there's no stress. I don't take it home with me. I'm going to complain about that the dog treats didn't fill the bag properly. You know, is it what I want to do? No. I have lots of other things that I have that I want to like figure out to do right now. And within my sobriety, I just learned like a lot of things. Like I taught myself how to cook and I'm creating my own skincare line. And I have a vendor event for that line in October and I'm going to open the online store in probably February. And I'm, her uncles were like, we're going to help you. You can use our labels. You can use our shipping stuff. We're going to help you do whatever you can to get this off the ground. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is, everything's kind of falling into place. And um, I've dabbled with the fact that I want to kind of like look into maybe doing like a recovery coaching. Um, I started sharing my sobriety journey a while ago, just for myself. And somebody reached out to me on Instagram before I started doing like um, the sober city movement. And she's like, I've been following your story for a while now. And today I decided I'm not going to drink anymore. And she's like 127 days sober. And we've become really good friends. And she's just so happy. And yesterday she was at a sober wedding for the first time ever. And she texts me and she's like, I'm just so happy to be on this journey with you. My life is just so much better and it's opening up and so I don't know I get asked all the time why do you want to share all your dirty laundry on Facebook and Instagram and I'm like because some people might not think they have a drinking problem but they really do and it's not until they see somebody that they know or like kind of know or even not even know that's just sharing their story and they're like oh my gosh maybe I have a drinking problem maybe I have a problem with something I've lost a lot of friends because I feel like I'm this mirror to them. Like when you say lost, they died. No, they just stopped oh. talking to me. Okay. Because I don't, I think they feel uncomfortable around me now that I'm not drinking. It's like all my restaurant friends. Okay. The ones for the past eight years. Yeah. They, don't, they all went tubing one day, like the whole company. And I, I looked, I saw it on Instagram and I just started bawling. I'm like, Okay. I don't get invited anywhere because I don't drink. Well, whatever. I don't even know if that's it. I just, I definitely, it's, it's a, it was a lonely time. It's been a lonely time. Um, that's when I started like looking up um, like sober people to follow on Instagram and stuff. And I came across uh, the sober city movement. Excuse me. Um, because I have an AA meeting that happens every day across every week across the street from my house. And I haven't gotten myself to like walk in there and I, and I really want to, um, it, it was just like a social anxiety thing that I don't want to do, but I reached out to the sober city movement. She started in Seattle and I asked if I could do a chapter in Canton, Ohio. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to do it. And it's just kind of like, it's been really interesting. I have like a lot of people that, 
messaged me and asked me, you know, how did you do this? Where, thank you for sharing your journey. Um, because a lot of people can't believe that I started my sober curious journey over lockdown. Like when people were like drinking more than ever, I mean, a coworker of mine was going through handles of Tito's. And then when we came back into work, he's coming in drunk and he's not thinking there's anything wrong with it because, you know, some, I started cleaning, doing like this deep cleaning. And I started finding all these boxes of wine, empty wine bottles. Where were you cleaning? In your apartment or? My room. Hit all of this. Like the whole upstairs, like my, my whole loft area in my room. Okay. And I kept thinking, well, it's because it was late. You don't want to take. And I started thinking I must have been hiding those bottles the night before. So I didn't see them in the morning, like how much I would drink, like as a reminder. And it was really weird to me that I, it was, it was definitely like a eye awakening. Holy shit. I actually have a real problem here. Like, um, so I would only take my Adderall when I would go into work and I wouldn't take it on the days that I wasn't working. And I wasn't working a lot when we were back after lockdown. Like I just, my anxiety was so high. It was just too hard for me to do it. And, um, I really, I, I wasn't drinking all week then. If, if I wasn't working, I wasn't drinking. And then I, and I kind of put it together. Like the only nights you're coming home and like binge drinking wine are these nights that you're working, like, the days that you're working. Something's toxic there. Like you have to put this all together. And because I had stepped out of like drinking constantly and being involved in that, I realized this is my toxic in my life right now. It's my job. And maybe if I step out of it, I won't drink as much, which it didn't. And it was amazing. But when I would drink, I would drink like I thought I could drink how I always drink. And I would get so sick because I stopped smoking cigarettes. I did the whole, I'm cutting everything out, cold turkey. But I'd be like, I can socially drink. And I'd be sick for days. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm not doing this anymore. And um. December 28th, 2021, I was like watching somebody that I love dearly. It was my ex. He came back into my life. We're really good friends. And he, he drinks, he drinks so much. And he, you know, he knows he has a problem and he shakes, he trembles at night and it breaks my heart. But as we all know, you can't, I can't tell him to stop. He, we're the only people that can make ourselves stop. Like, we, and truly, I think interventions are an amazing thing, but I also think that you're pushing those people the second they walk out the door, they're going to like drink this whole conversation off. And it probably works for a lot of people. And my, I've watched him go through it. So I watched him that night and he almost died like three times in front of me from tripping and hitting his head, almost hitting his head on, on the table or anything. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to be a part of it. Um, so I stepped, I joined the dry January train and then it turned into February. January was kind of easy. Cause I ended up, I ended up getting COVID again. And, and then I got sick again. I fell down the stairs and broke my tailbone. So like January, I was in the chair a lot. So that the dry January was easy. February was easy. Um, and I, and it was weird because 
it was snowing so much and it was just dreary and awful and I hated it, but I didn't get in like a really depressed mood. Like I would have usually have gotten into in the winter. And then March, I went out to, di- out, to went out to lunch with my friend. That's when she was offering me a promotion in our job. And I was just like, we were at our, our old, old restaurant that we worked at and I had a Diet Coke. And I'm like, you know what? If I can come in here and sit down and have a Diet Coke, then I can just like not drink. And that's when it really, like, really hit me. Like, oh my God, you're like, you're doing this. You're not going to drink. Like you have a problem. You're an alcoholic and you're not going to drink anymore. And that's when I kind of like got really anxious, like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do this, but I didn't drink. And um, when I would go see my, my ex, um, I would go see him like once a month and he'd be like trying to make me a drink. And I'm like, I'm not drinking. Oh, you're still doing that thing, huh? Oh, good for you. And I'm like, well, it's really not a thing. It's like, and then when I started doing like, the Sober City movement with the Instagram page and the things and I and he's watching this stuff and I'm posting it on my Instagram account and a couple of weeks ago he texted me and he's like how's this sober thing for you do you like it and I'm like yeah I love it I love it actually like he's like oh I could do that I'm like yeah I think you know that'd be great maybe you should just try it for like a week or two I was like, but um, are you worried about maybe going through like really bad withdrawal? Oh no, I stopped drinking all the time. Cause he's a pathological liar. He lies to himself about the problems that he has. Cause he quit drinking liquor. So he doesn't have a problem. Just drinks white claw and wine now, beer. And I get really mad at his family because they just, he's fine. He just needs to be a regular alcoholic like the rest of us, not be. He's the, hap- he's the greatest person to be around drunk. He's funny and he's the life of the party and he's wonderful. He's loud and it's fun. Just sip your bourbon like the rest of us and not, not cause any problems. So, um, unfortunately, he made me quit drinking. <laughs> like, for good. I guess that's, I guess that's good. Um, yeah, of course. Anything, whatever helps get sober, you know? Right, right. And, um, I have my cousin's wedding in January and it's the first time I'm going to see my family sober in September when I go down for the bachelorette party. Um, I'm terrified. Like um, I was talking to my cousin the other day and she goes, my mom just doesn't understand why you talk about it all the time. And then my one friend asked me, does your cousin really have a drinking problem? No. I just do it for the hell of it. I'm like, I'm just going to throw all this stuff out there for attention. Like, and it's really sad that people think like that. Like, just recover in private. Like you should be ashamed of it. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed of my recovery. I'm super happy about it. I'm very proud of it because it's so hard. You know, our society has just taught us that alcohol's everywhere and you can draw you can go buy it at the liquor store you don't have to even feel uncomfortable about it you know if you go buy drugs you got to be like oh they do meet me on the corner and you know da, da, da. i can just like walk around with my bourbon in the middle of giant eagle you can even drink while you're shopping and it's okay it's fine it's fine it's just alcohol it's not a problem and from my experience the more 
I dig deeper into my sobriety and the more I become more aware of everything, it's not okay. Why do we have to have alcohol everywhere we go? Why does it have to be at the movie theater? Um, everywhere. Took my niece and nephew to go to the miniature golf place up the street and you know, you can get it there. I'm like, do we even need to be drunk when we take our kids to play miniature golf? It's, it makes me sad. Yeah, I mean, drinking is tied into the fabric of our country. It absolutely is. And um, nobody looks down on anybody that drinks because they're just doing the party thing. And as a bartender, it was really hard to watch it every night. And I'm surprised I would go home and do the same thing because I'm like, man, these people, I feel so bad for them. Every night, like every night they're in here doing the same thing, drinking, talking about the same thing, complaining about the same thing. And it wasn't until I stepped out of it that I was like, oh, such a disgusting, it's, I, it's such a sad, it's just a sad reality that people live in. They're missing everything. I think the, the greatest, there's so many great things about being sober, but I think the best part is just being present in my life. Like we went out for my niece's birthday last night to go to like an alpaca farm. And it was amazing. Like I just, I, it, it, I remember all of it. And every usually every birthday, I was so socially had so much anxiety to have to see like all these people that were, you know, I did not care for on that side of the family, like her, her in-laws and stuff. I would drink and drink and drink and drink. I mean, at one of her birthday parties, I slipped in my wedges and sprained my ankle and everybody's, you know, I was just, I was like this embarrassment. And I would have thought my sister would have been the first one with my surprise to be like, I'm so proud of you. But instead she's like, does she really have a problem? She's asking my mom, is she just doing this for attention? And I'm like, it's not, it's not okay. But her husband's an alcoholic. So we don't talk about that because then she would notice that he has a problem and maybe that should be addressed. But we went to a brewery last night and I ordered the Diet Coke and I sat there and I'm like, I am at a brewery sitting in the bar area because that's the only place we could be. And I'm like, totally fine. My brother-in-law's like, is it okay if I order a beer? I don't want to trigger you. I'm like, I don't get triggered by you drinking. It's your, you want to drink, drink. This doesn't affect me. It's like the, it was like the second time this week somebody's asked me that. Like my cousin's like, we really want to go to a wine bar while we're down here, but I wanted to ask you first because I didn't want you to get triggered. And I'm like, I'm not going to like relapse because I don't even want to drink. Like, I think I want the, like, I think what I miss is the social part of it. You sit down, you order a cocktail, you sit there, you go outside, you smoke a cigarette, you know, that was just such a big part of my life. And that's what I did all the time. So now I'm like, I Coke. I don't like I I don't even want to try the mocktails because I'm like it's cheaper for a Diet Coke. I'll go buy myself something, you know, other than that. Um one day I hope that we normalize the sobriety and we really we really we make it okay for people to stop and not feel like so like there's something wrong with them. Like they have this virus that we don't want to get around these people because how I feel is 
people don't want to be around me because I'm not drinking because I'm a constant reminder of problems they might have and what they're going through because like I have friends that are like I drink a bottle of Jameson every other day it's a lot it's a lot of Jameson but it's okay I can stop whenever I want I'm like okay this is like the last party I was at without with everybody it was like last October and I was still drinking I was like doing the I'm only drinking when I'm you know, around people or a party like that. And, but they still had to say it to me and like still talk to me like, like they're walking on glass, like I'm going to break or something. Yeah. Like I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I've become maybe a little weird and I, I don't really like going out much and I don't know. It's not like I can't be around it. I just choose not to. I feel like bars are very drama filled. Yeah, and I mean, you go to one that's crowded. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there was there was a lot you tolerated when you were drunk. Absolutely. A lot you I, tolerated. Yeah, I don't want to go pay to have, go to a concert and then have this drunk person bump into me and like when I'm drunk. When I was drunk, I'd be like, "Whatever, dude. Yeah." Now it's like, "No, go away. Be in a bubble." You should have yeah. like sober part of the concert and the drunk part of the concert. So it's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. So I don't know. My sleep's better. I sleep now. I never slept. I'd be up all night long. Like, and it was because of the Adderall and the wine and the everything. But maybe like go to bed. Like everybody makes fun of me. They're like, well, Christian, you're going to go to bed now. It's 830. You go upstairs. I'm up at six. I have all this time before I go to work. It's great. I can take dog on a walk, I play frisbee, do a little self love stuff, and off my day. But I also want everybody to know it's not always perfect. Like my life is not always not perfect. I've just, I've now that I'm not drinking, I'm aware of situations. And when I'm in the middle of the situation, like if it's a fight or a problem or whatever, I acknowledge it. I sit with it for a little bit and then I just let it go because if it's not something like in this circle of your life that you can't handle and that, and that you can't fix, don't worry about it. Like I tell my mom that all the time, like, just don't worry about it. It's not your problem. We can't fix it. We can't fix the world. Gas prices are so expensive. Okay. You still got to drive. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, but that I handle I love looking back on situations and seeing how I've handled them now as to how I would have handled them. I would have screamed and fought and I have terrible temper and I'm able to like tone it down a little bit. And then I would have just like drowned my sorrows in a bottle of wine. Or if it was a really bad night, some bourbon. So, yeah. Yeah. Seems like you've had a, quite the life. I have lots of stories. I have lots of great stories. I'm not going to lie. I'm never going to look back on my life and be like, I wish I would have done this 10 years ago, but um, I guess I wasn't ready, but I'm never going to look back on my life and be like, oh my God, why'd you do that? Because we didn't do what we did. Then we wouldn't be here. And I kind of like where I am right now. I like this place and I like this, this community. And I like, and I like this life that I'm creating for myself for the first time in my entire life. Like I'm sad that I didn't, get married and have kids and, and do that whole thing. But you know what, if I would have done that, then I wouldn't have been 
the person I am now raising those children. So I don't think that that would have been okay. And, you know, there's a lot of things as you get older. I'm still navigating that at my age, but so yeah, I, I encourage everybody to at least try it. I have a friend that just called me last night and she's a friend that I bartended with when I worked at the other place. She's like 50 something. And she's like, I'm not gonna drink anymore. I'm gonna take a month off and see how I feel. I just wanna see how you feel every day and I wanna try it. She goes, I'm so scared. She goes, I feel like I'm giving up my best friend. I said, you kind of are. I said, but you're gonna find a whole nother life that's so much better than hang anxiety hangovers and crying into your bottle of rum every night. I'm really proud of her. And I wish her well. Hopefully she can do it. And I said, you know what? If it doesn't happen the first time, the first week or the first month and you mess up, quit. Don't don't judge yourself and be like, I'm not doing it. I mean, it took me a year and a half to get to where I was because I was starting, you know, to like definitely not drink as much, but just keep going. Just keep getting back up and doing it again because life is going to open up so much. It's going to be so wonderful. I'm excited for everybody that tries it. And in turn, I'm really hoping one of these days, like the person that I really want to stop, I really hope that I inspire him to stop. And if I don't, then at least I tried. That's all I can say about that. That's all you can do is try. I mean, at the end of the the day, that's all that matters. You know, even if you happen to fail at something, you look back and say, I tried it. A lot of people may have walked away from a situation that you actually tried. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So again, towards the end here, is there anything else that you wanted to add? I mean, you've told quite the story and I didn't know if there's anything else you wanted to add to it. Um, just appreciate your life. Like it goes by so fast. I can't believe I turned 41 last month. Like it's, it's shockingly scary. Happy belated birthday. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, yeah enjoy every moment of your life because once you become present it starts going by so fast and uh, you don't want to miss any of those wonderful moments you can follow me at sober and canton on instagram if you'd like to as well say that one more time what is it so sober and canton sober and canton mm-hmm. yeah yep and uh follow my journey it's raw sometimes on there, but it needs to be told. So, yeah. Appreciate that. Hopefully we'll get some people to follow you. Thank you so much. All right. Sit tight for me. For everybody watching and listening, if you like what you heard and saw, go below and give us a like. Also subscribe to see when we upload new videos. You can also check us out at www.addicts-anonymous.com. There we've got a ton of stuff as far as resources and plenty of literature. That's all free. Well, you can also check us out on a lot of social media, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, and TikTok. So that's all we have for today. Again, I I hope you like what you saw and heard. And until next time.